you've got a vibe, if you want to be turning to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, if you're new here, we've been going through the book of Ephesians since around the middle of January, I think we're going to finish in July. It's great to go through books of the Bible systematically, bit by bit. I want to read you some exciting verses. It says here, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most out of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with hymns, with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think, for, for all of us, I think there's that sense of a longing to be carefree, and if you're an adult, to be childlike. <laughs> you remember when you were a kid and you, if you wanted to dance, you danced. If you want to break into a song, you break into a song. If you want to play a game, you play a game. And then as we get older and grow up, we maybe become more hidden, more self-conscious, and not as carefree as we used to be. Would that be a fair thing? You know, that you know, we would love to be, maybe some of you guys are, the life and soul of the party, the one cracking the jokes. And you know that's who you are. <laughs> you, you know that that's what you're made to be, to be the one who comes into the room and sets the tone. Because I think that's actually what believers are called to be. We're believers. We believe in a kingdom and a superior reality of joy, peace and hope. And we want to walk into rooms and be an influencer. We're called to be the head, not the tail. And we want to be all those things. And, and sometimes it's true, isn't it, we have moments where we feel more carefree and more childlike and more uninhibited and more joyful and more expressive. And maybe that's when we've been on holiday or, or maybe that's when all of our, as they say, all of our ducks are lining up in a row and all of our circumstances are fine. But Paul says in these verses, um, be very careful how you live, and not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every time opportunity because the days are evil. And we said this last week that it's not a call to paranoid, fearful living and bunker mentality and won't engage with the world. But there is a truth that Jesus said, in this world you'll have troubles, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And we do live in an age that has things that buffer us, that impact us, and, and cause us maybe heartbreak and difficulty and stress and worry. And, and, and sometimes it can be in seasons when lots of people becoming redundant. We can feel that's an evil day. Am I going to lose my job? And we can feel that sometimes in families and maybe... Uh, there's sickness comes in, or maybe the child isn't doing as well at school as you'd hoped, or there's something happening in your family, a relational issue, and we live in days where things can impact us. And Paul is saying, actually, even in the midst of evil days, make the most of every opportunity. And David says in Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. They're making the most of every opportunity. There are open doors available to us to feast and to enjoy God. But it's often when we're buffeted by things and circumstances in life, that that joy <laughs> seems fleeting and we become maybe anxious or wor worried and troubled and frightened and discouraged and disappointed. Now Paul in these verses is not really saying anything about do not drink if you're a Christian. These verses are not about 
a prohibition on alcohol for the Christian. These verses are very much about saying alcohol promises something in the midst of buffeting times that the Holy Spirit wants to do. Mm. What he's saying is, is that in the days that we live and when we're buffeted by life and we want to feel carefree and joyful and free, he's saying there are two places you can go. You can get drunk on the Holy Spirit or you can get drunk on wine. That's what he's talking about here. Because sometimes you can, isn't it true, you can be at work with somebody and they can be telling you their woes and their worries and their anxieties and they're troubled and nervous and then they say to you, let's all go to the pub after work and, and next thing you know, that same person who was worried and troubled and anxious and fearful and discouraged and disappointed is singing at the top of their voice, <laughs> carefree, like a child, uninhibited. Suddenly they've gone from the most worried person and anxious person you know at work to this carefree, crazy person, man or woman, singing. And so Paul is saying in these verses... He wants to contrast two types of drunkenness here. Yeah? He's talking about drink and he's talking about the spirit. Because then he goes on to say, Instead be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the spirit, and sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. He's saying, look, there's this worried, anxious person at work. Now they're in the bar, uninhibited, singing songs, louder, noisier than everybody else. You ever notice that you walk into a pub and there's always someone speaking slightly louder than everyone else and has no awareness of anybody else is in the room and seems to be warm, putting their arm around people. Next morning they might wake up as the most timid, fearful, anxious person you know, but when they're in that, that moment, <laughs> they're the life and the soul of the party. Make no mistake, Paul is using wine because he's saying that don't get drunk in the spirit in, in, on wine. Get drunk in the Holy Spirit. In other words, whatever alcohol can promise, Holy Spirit can do better. Yeah. All right, that's what these verses are about. Whatever alcohol and wine can do in making you childlike and uninhibited and singing songs, get full of the Spirit. He he can do that much better. Jesus says to them in Acts one six, "Wait here in Jerusalem." Don't start on the mission yet until you are, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will make you witnesses. Now in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes and what do people think? They're drunk. The, Peter stands up and says, these men are not drunk as you suppose. Yes, the Holy Spirit makes us witnesses. But could it be that the Holy Spirit makes us witnesses because he gives us a courage and a carefree childlike joy and that people look on and say what's the matter with you and that's what happened in Acts what's wrong with you Peter terrified of the slave girl all locked up in the, up in the room waiting for the spirit to come Holy Spirit comes wham they're all out on the streets people think they've gone crazy we're not drunk as you suppose let us tell you about this Jesus who you crucified. Later on, what must we do? Repent, be baptised, get filled with the Holy Spirit, the promises for you, for your children, all those that the Lord God will call. Amen. Could it be that our greatest need is just to get so full 
That would make treasure hunting different, wouldn't it? Seriously, these, these verses are saying, look, look at the drunk man, look at the drunk woman, look at what they do, look at how courageous they are, look at how crazy they are, look at who they'll talk to, look at the songs they sing, look at the things that they will say to strangers. Don't get drunk on wine, be filled with the Spirit. That's what these verses are saying. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is... Being filled with a joy from God. And Nehemiah, in in Nehemiah chapter 7 or chapter 8 and verse 10, Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Holy Spirit gives joy that becomes strength, that becomes courage, that becomes bold and becomes singing songs and joy. The Holy Spirit gives us a joy. That becomes a strength. Happy in God people take more risks than people who are miserable and worried. And that's what he's really saying. Look, we're all in the same world together. We're all being buffeted by the same situations and circumstances. Some people escape through wine. Some people escape through the spirit. He's saying, look, you can escape through wine if you want, but it leads to foolishness. Or you can escape into Holy Spirit and be filled with a happiness that becomes a strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy is strength. Joy is courage. Joy enables you to take risk. Joy is not an optional fruit to the Spirit. In, in, in Romans... 1417 it says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you had someone come up to you and said, well, righteousness, that's optional. That's an optional aspect of the kingdom. What would you say to them? You say, no, God has called you to be holy as he is holy. God has set you apart. You're called to a radical new life because you've got a radical new nature and a wonderful new kingdom. You wouldn't say, that's optional. But but Christians, sometimes we think that joy is an optional extra. Amen. It's one third of the kingdom. Amen. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now I think part of the reason we make joy an optional extra is we think that we, we, we look inwards... And we think, I better not have any joy. I better be serious about the reality that I've got to change myself. I've got to be a better believer, a better Christian. I need to have prayed more, read more, witnessed more. God can't be pleased with me. I've failed this, I've failed that. I've fallen short of the glory here, there and everywhere. And we're so feeling that joy is almost like I don't get it. How can you be joyful? Does that make sense? So we think that Christianity is a serious business. I've got to change me, I've got to transform me, I've got to make it happen. But actually Jesus is building his church. God is a starter finisher. He'll finish the good work that he has begun. Joy is one third of the kingdom. A joyful heart does good like medicine. As Steve Backman would say, Dr. God comes to you today and says, here's your prescription. Take joy three times a day, in the morning, at dinner time and at night. That's your prescription. A joyful heart does good like medicine. 
Dr. God says, the, your problem is you forgot your prescription. You need to renew it. You need to renew your confidence in God. You need to get joy. And you need to get full of confidence. Amen. And it says here, be filled with the Spirit. And apparently, for those who are Greek scholars, that's a present continuous tense. In other words, it's not one day I remember when I got filled with the Spirit. It's not I remember the event, I remember the day, and then I moved on from that. It's be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It's today, it's for tomorrow, it's for the day after that. It's each and every day being filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just on a Sunday feeling the sense of the presence of God, not just a historical moment you look back on with fondness and nostalgia. It's be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 13, 52, which is around, I reckon, maybe 10, 12, 13 years after Pentecost, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. The early church kept getting filled and kept getting filled and kept getting filled and kept getting filled. How on earth did they face the realities of persecution? It must have been they knew the joy of the Lord is their strength. Amen. It must have been that they understood when Jesus says, you can do nothing apart from me. They must have understood John 14 when Jesus says, I'm going to not leave you as orphans, but I'm going to come to you. I'm going to send the paraclete. I'm going to send the friend. I'm going to send the one who will come alongside you and teach you everything that I've taught you and remind you and strengthen you and comfort you. There's a comforter. Because we live in a world where we need comfort. I love the Bible, it's reality. It's not this kind of grit your teeth, white knuckles, stoically get through, nothing's touching you, you're not bothered by anything. It's saying that you live in a real world with real issues and real problems and real concerns. That's why he sends a comforter. That's why he says when you go through circumstances, don't get drunk on wine, be full of the Holy Spirit. Because there's a better way. And even though this, in this context it's very, very specific, in the other verses it says, don't be, don't be an idolater. He says, we could almost argue, for some of us it might be, when you're impacted by life, don't go shopping. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're impacted by life, don't eat chocolate. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. I guess the reality is he focuses on alcohol because alcohol in its nature has the ability chemically to change us, to give us a fresh confidence and escape very quickly. And that's why he's using wine or alcohol or whatever else, because he wants to say, look, what this substance can do when not treated well, look to Holy Spirit, he wants to do the same. The question then is, how do we do this command when we can't do it for ourselves? It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you do what you can't do? Because the Holy Spirit is the filler. He's a person. But the command is, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we do what only can be done to us? How do we obey a command that requires us to be impacted by a person. And I just want to look at one way 
that you and I can be filled again and again and again and again. And there aren't many, but I'm going to look at one. And and it's in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Sorry, it's um, chapter 15 and verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with the hope, with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the crucial ways to being filled again and again and again and again is coming to God, hearing him speak in his word and trusting and believing and putting your faith in what he says. It's a crucial way of being filled again and again and again and again. Now there are um, loads of other ways you can keep being filled in the Holy Spirit. Speaking in the gift, the Bible talks about the gift of tongues, it edifies and builds up the inner man and strengthens. You can be filled with the Spirit in the context of fellowship with other believers, when someone speaks truth and encouragement and the prophetic, you can get filled with the Holy Spirit. You come into a context of worship and focusing on who God is and what God has done and the greatness and the majesty of God, you can get filled with the Holy Spirit. You can get filled with the Holy Spirit in a cinema when you hear something in the movie that makes you have a revelation of God and his nature. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit in a car listening to the radio and a song impacts you. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit when you're walking through nature and you begin to suddenly realise how amazingly complex the world is. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit in a multitude of different ways. Ultimately, undergirding all of those and at the foundation of every other way is trust. Anyone who is thirsty, Jesus says, come to me. Anyone's hungry, come to me. There's an element of, I've heard something, I've heard an invitation, I've heard a promise, I'm taking a step of trust and believing of faith to receive it from this person, Jesus, because he said he's got water, living water, that can quench the thirst. In Acts 2, when it says the promise is for you and for your children and all who the Lord God will call. And you hear that and you realise, I've got a promise from God. I can come to God because the promise of the Spirit is for me. John 14, when Jesus says, I'll not leave you on your own, I'll come to you, I'll send the friend, the comforter. You receive him by believing that Jesus won't leave you on your own and that he has sent the friend. And you come and say, I've come for the friend, Jesus. I've come to receive the Holy Spirit. And it says, it is by faith, trusting and believing, that we get filled with peace and overflowing hope. The two go together. Trusting what you hear, believing what you hear, and being filled with the Holy Spirit and joy go together. So that's the whole thing of Galatians chapter 3. Let me ask you one thing. Did you receive the Holy Spirit through works of the law? 
He says in chapter 3, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? That's chapter 3 of Galatians. Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by works of the law or by your believing what you heard? And later on he goes on in chapter 3, by, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the spirit. You hear something and you believe it. Yes. You hear something when God says, when you're buffeted by life, don't get drunk on wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You say there's a promise, I'm coming to get the promise, because God is promising me a joy, and God says the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so I'm learning to access the good things of God by believing what God has said in his word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, hearing by the word of Christ. This book is not the works of the law. That's what Galatians is saying. It's not, read at this amount and God will be pleased with you. It's, read it, because if you hear it and you believe it, you can get what it says. And so often we think, right, I've got my Bible reading plan, I've read my chapter, I've read my three chapters, God must be really pleased with me, my day's going to be really blessed. If I meet anybody, I can share the gospel with them, because I've read, I've read my bit. Did you meet with him in it? Did you hear something? Amen. Did you hear him speak? Amen. And then when you hear him speak, you can believe what he says. Right. And then you get filled with the Spirit. That's right. You get filled with joy. Yeah. Walking into work, everybody's gossiping. Difficult circumstances, really stressful. You remember a promise. He works all things together for good for those who, who, who love God and call according to his purpose. Wow, Christ is forming me. I'm being made to be like Jesus. These circumstances are going to be my upgrade. Count it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of various kinds because you know that testing you of your faith ultimately produces completeness. I'm getting an upgrade. Oh, I like upgrade time on the phone. <laughs> Uh, I do text 150 and put up. Because sometimes I, I do it multiple times during the contract in the belief that maybe the dates will change. <laughs> and sometimes they do. Because upgrades are fun. Every single thing that we face in life has the potential of upgrade built within it. Because that is the promise of God. Everything. Absolutely everything has the potential to fill you with all joy and hope and peace in believing that you might overflow with the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything has it. The question is for us is will we go and ask him what it is? That we might grab hold of a promise in the midst of everything we're facing. The two go together. Trusting what you hear results in receiving the Holy Spirit. I I honestly think what the... 
what we've been robbed of through legalism, or even sometimes through just passivity, just going with the flow and drifting, as we've lost that, what Tim was called, that militant attitude. Sometimes we're just passive. We go with every feeling that we have and every emotion that we feel, and we feel that's more true than God. Someone said, when we wake up in the morning, we, wouldn't, we should not ask ourselves, what do I feel today? But what do I believe today? Yes. I, I love, emotions are an amazingly wonderful, good gift from God. But emotions have the potential to lie to us and confirm we're believing truth. We need to come to the Bible and say, speak to me. Speak to me today. Ian said that. Every day we can come to God and say, I want a fresh word from you today. I want to hear what you're doing today. This and this and this and this is happening in my life. Where's my upgrade in all of that? Graham Cook said, when he gets a problem, he says, I ring my friend and says, I say, dude, I've got a problem today. Hallelujah, because I've got an upgrade. And he says his friend is jealous and says, oh, you've got problems. Oh, I wish I had problems because I want an upgrade. We should be ringing each other and saying, you won't believe how bad it is at the moment. (laughs) There's so many opportunities for me to grow in faith and joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm just growing and it's so good. Take heart, he's overcome the world. I think he wants to overcome these things. I'm not saying we just live in them and just say... Oh, well, that, we should come against sickness, and we should come against unemployment, we should come against housing issues, and we should, we should, we should believe that the kingdom of God brings breakthrough. But on the journey, when we're walking through the shadow of the valley of death, and we're saying, I'm not going to be afraid because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you make a table before all of my enemies, and my head and my cup overflows of the oil. <laughs> Your goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life. But in the journey, we, we need to be a joyful people. And see, sometimes I think we, we get the heavy because we think, oh no, we've got, now we've got to be a witnessing people. We've got, to be a, we've got to share the gospel at work. What about if this was your job description? Get drunk on God and see what happens. That's it. That's your job description. If you choose to accept it. <laughs> Get so full of God that people ask you what's wrong and you say, why do you want to know? Well, why do you want to know? Well, you seem all the way happy. Well, let them hang there. Don't just, don't just tell them everything. Let them be eager and pressing you. Tell me, you've got to tell them. Oh, well, maybe I'll tell you. Maybe I won't. <laughs> I might tell you, but not today. We've got to realize who we are. Amen. We're not the beggars in the world trying to get people to sign up for Jesus. He's the King of Glory. Yeah. Amen. We've got this glorious riches in us. Amen. We're just going to cast our pearls to everybody. Come, come and beg for it. <laughs> the people they, in the Acts 1, they ask, what's, they're not drunk as you suppose. Some tough words in that preach. 3,000 got saved and added. I want to finish with this. Faith is like a machete. And it's like we live in, sometimes our hearts can feel like a jungle of anxiety and worry and discouragement and disappointment. And faith 
is like a machete and we start to wield it at the, at the, at the brambles and the mangrove swamps and we start to clear it. We fix our eyes on him and we're, we're finding he's offering faith in us in the context of worship, in the context of loving him, in the context of praising him, in the context of just adoring him. Faith is getting birthed because faith is a gift. So the machete gets given to us as a gift. We're reading the Bible, we're starting to chew it over and meditate on it, it's becoming part of us. And we're beginning to trust in a new way. And we grab it and we clear away and we clear away and we clear away. And then the Holy Spirit comes along the new cleared path. And there's suddenly this joy and this hope and this peace and this overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit that begins to bubble up. And to finish, there are two guys in the Bible, Stephen and Barnabas. That it's very interesting to know that both of them have said to be full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. It says of Barnabas when they were choosing the people to, to wait on the table in Acts 6 verse 5. The proconsul pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Can you see these connections, these two things that go together? Faith, trust, believing, and being full of the Holy Spirit go together. Stephen, in other words, we chose Stephen because he's a man with a machete in his hand, and he's not passive. He aggressively goes after lies and chooses to believe truth. He's fearless and brave, and you can read later on, he has such clarity on who Jesus is. And on the Old Testament and how Jesus fulfilled all the promises, they stoned him. And his face glowed. He's a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, I love times when we wait on the Holy Spirit and we wait with our arms out. And besides, we can wait and we are not got any belief. We get into charismatic posture. But we're passive. We're waiting for something to happen to us. And I do believe God breaks in and there are sovereign moments and suddenly he comes and breaks in and does something. But we cannot ignore the link in the scriptures between Stephen, a man full of faith, and a man full of the Holy Spirit. See, it can be what we heard earlier on. Sometimes things don't budge and anxieties and worries and discontentments and discouragements, they don't budge because we haven't mixed it with faith. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart like they did in the rebellion. But you have to enter into his rest. Enter into the promise. Mix it with faith. Mix it with faith that you might then enter into the good of the promise. It's like God is always loving us. Always loving us. Always loving us. And always good towards us. But God mix it with faith and say, wow, that means me. That's me. It's coming towards me. But if we have an attitude of unbelief and not trusting and believing, just think, yeah, he loves everybody else but not me. We've taken ourselves out of enjoying the deluge of his goodness. When we mix it with faith and say, he's speaking to me, I'm not going to harden my heart, I'm going to believe it's me. I'm a child of God, I'm no longer a slave of fear. I don't have to live in the tyranny of these situations and that feeling and that circumstance. I don't have to be the tail, I can be the head. I can be powerful in every environment and believe God over all my circumstances. That can be weak, old, timid me. I can be like Stephen, a man or woman full of the faith, full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And another one, Barnabas in Acts eleven twenty four. 
says of Barnabas, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Guarantee, get full of faith, you will get full of the Holy Spirit. Absolute guarantee. You get the promises into your heart, you see the Holy Spirit working trust and belief and faith, you will be filled. Anxiety and worry and fear, they quench the joy inside of us. But God is a superior, wonderful reality. And sometimes it might be you meditate on one scripture that jumped out at you. And you just say, God, I'm coming to that one verse today again. And I'm going to chew on it. And I'm going to think about it. And I'm going to work on every word until it just gets in me. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm just going to go after this one thing. This one thing. And chew over it. And I'm going to refuse lies and contradictory emotions. I'm going to say emotions, even though you feel real, and I've listened to you all my life, I know that this is not speaking the truth, because it doesn't line up with God's word, and I'm choosing to believe truth. Tim, two weeks ago, had that picture. You come to a signpost, and you choose to follow the signpost, regardless of how you feel. God's working all this together for good. It doesn't feel like it, and I don't yet see it, but the Bible says he's forming Christ, didn't it? There's an upgrade available in the midst of all of this. I'm going to be mature. I'm going to be complete. I'm going to lack nothing. I'm going to be ruthless and militant. And and I'm not going to be passive. Sometimes the things that in our life haven't budged because we've been passive about them. Then we need to get aggressive about them. I'm not talking about fix it yourself, do our, do our DIY Christianity, behaviour modification, just make yourself believe it. I'm saying, because it's true, believe it. Because it is true, believe it. If Jesus is alive, it changes everything. We've sung it all morning. Let's invite to stand. you're a Christian this morning, you've been given by the Holy Spirit, you've got a machete in your hands and you're going to be clearing soil because good soil yields a 30, 60, 100 fold return and today's a decision to say I'm not going to allow brambles and weeds to come and choke the soil, the seed I'm grabbing my machete and I am going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to yield to God. I'm going to surrender to God. I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to ask him in the midst of everything I'm facing for upgrades. What are you doing in the midst of it, God? How is Jesus getting formed in me through this? Sometimes we think I've been praying and praying and praying for years and nothing's changed. Sometimes our prayer times are more like worrying out loud than they are prayer. And sometimes we come away from prayer and we think, I think I feel worse. 
It's because we just spend, say, 10, 20, 15 minutes worrying and meditating on something awful when actually we needed to meditate on truth. <coughs> just feel God's just giving a fresh appetite for his word right now. Just a fresh appreciation for this remarkable, wonderful, awesome, God-inspired book. That the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking to you in new ways. If you don't like reading, get an audio app. If you don't know where to get an audio app for, from, go to our website. We've got an audio Bible on there and reading plans and a whole ton of stuff. But get it in you. Come to it daily. Not out of law, but because you want to hear a word from God. And you want to trust it and you want to believe it. Feed on his word. Yeah, we're just now going to invite you, Holy Spirit. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We're not going to be those who neglect joy. Thank you, God. Increase it. In, in Exodus, Moses cries out and he says, God, part the Red Sea. And God's response to him, why are you crying out to me? Move forward. Some of you need to hear that this morning. Move forward. As you do, Red Seas are parting. As you do, Red Seas are parting. As you do, as you start to rejoice, Red Seas are parting. Ah. Well, thank you. Some people say that we're not meant to be emotional, all this laughter. We, we can, but we're, we're happy with other emotions. We bring our misery. <laughs> we're not offended by that. We need to find joy. Ha. Find joy. It says in Psalm 2, God laughed at what he heard the enemy planning. And God laughed at what he heard the enemy do. And the one enthroned in heaven laughs. <laughs> He'll laugh. <laughs> find joy. Fresh courage as we're full of joy. So it's a calm, Holy Spirit. Whoa, we thank you. But there's a joy in God, a peace in God, a hope in God. Wow. Ha! Thank you, Jesus. Just feel God's going to make your belly rumble for God and His Word. It's going to make it rumble. <laughs> oh, I've got to get something in my belly from God today. So it's a picture of a rice bowl. You're going to be rumbling after it. Got to get it. Got to hear a word. <laughs> Got to hear a fresh promise. Thank you, Jesus. Just uh, maybe some.